Do you want to go down to a 40-hour week without losing revenue? If you're ready to let go of all the extra hours, the stress, the overwhelm, and the clients who hijack your time, consider my signature program, Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind. In it, we'll get your accounting practice under control. We'll fix your pricing problems. I'll show you ways to price so you stop giving away the farm so you bring in more revenue for the work you're already doing. I'll help you disengage the clients who are good people but are holding your business back and slowing you down. I'll help you package up your services and design them so they're easy for your clients to understand and choose from while helping you simplify and standardize what you sell. And we'll focus on making your messaging more interesting and compelling so you attract more of the kinds of clients you want to work with and break out of the hodgepodge of referrals trap. We get your prices up, we get your workload down. We standardize, we simplify, we streamline. And we do this at a pace that feels doable, where you feel confident in every choice you make. Prices up, workload down. Registration is open now. We start Tuesday, May 7th. Come with us. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to find out more. It was really great uh, to see so many women who acknowledged and recognized that they need to make money. Welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast, where you'll hear from women entrepreneurs who are doing good in the world, from spark to screw up to success. Thinking big is in their core. It's in yours and it's in mine. I've traveled to 50 countries and seven continents, done an Ironman, and co-founded a company that has generated millions of dollars for sustainability. My name is Geraldine Carter, and I'm delighted to share with you conversations and coaching with amazing women. Time to get inspired and grow your impact. Hi, ladies. I'm just back from the BAM Success Summit, hosted by Julie Fry, which took place in Seattle a couple of weeks ago. Business Among Moms is more than just an annual conference. It's a collection of more than 30 locally-based chapters around the country and a whole lot more. In this episode, I gather takeaways from some of the great women that I met. I'll introduce each of these women before their segment and put links to their businesses, web pages, podcasts, and books in the show notes. Go to shethinksbigcoaching.com forward slash zero four zero to find those. At the end, I'll add my own main takeaway that I learned from BizChicks Live and implemented at BizChicks Among Moms to great success. First up is Kate All, the founder of Simple Pin Media. Simple Pin makes Pinterest marketing easy to understand and implement without feeling overwhelmed. If you enjoy this segment with Kate, tune in four weeks from now when we do a full-length interview about her growing business. Here's Kate All. Kate All, welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast. Ah, thanks so much for having me. What were your takeaways from the BAM Summit? I think my biggest takeaway was community, like how much women need each other, even if they're in different industries. As we talk to each other about our struggles, those become the same. Like everybody's really struggling with fear. Everybody's struggling with like the what ifs or the things that really pretty much like paralyze any type of forward movement. So in that room, seeing so many different women making big strides in their business, I think we don't realize how much we're doing and how like powerful we are. So I love just being in a group of women, you know, even when we were talking the night before in that big party, it's just so great to hear people's stories and how they got to that place. And that's probably the most inspiring takeaway that I have is just that everybody has a story. Everybody has a struggle. And at the end of the day, we're all just trying to do great things that will help us meet our goals. And that's community is powerful. So, I mean, there's a lot of women that don't engage in community and my biggest takeaway is that BAM provides really an amazing community for women who are growing all their businesses. Yeah, totally. The community there is so great and I'm so looking forward to going back. Yes. And what you said about, you know, most of us just struggling with the same thing and also not being able to see just how far we've come. Yeah. Right? We've known some of these women for a number of years and we get to see how much progress they've made in their businesses. And it's just so exciting and so inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it takes another woman to speak that life into you to say, I see this in you and I'm so proud of you because we can't see that. All we can see is like our to-do list and the things we haven't <laughs> accomplished and the goals we haven't hit. And somebody else just goes, do you realize what you've built is like incredible. And you almost, it's hard to take that in sometimes because we're so critical of what we do, but being in those environments, 
really life-giving. So stop the criticism, acknowledge the wins. Yes. Perfect. Kate All, it has been such a pleasure having you on the She Thinks Big podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. My next guest, Katie Blevins, is the Chief Leadership Training Officer for Business Among Moms. Here's Katie. Katie, welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast. Thank you so much, Charlene. I'm so happy to be here. So why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about your role as the Chief Leadership Training Officer for Business Among Moms? Sure. So I started out with Business Among Moms, gosh, I think four, almost five years ago, and I led our local group here in Hampton Roads, Virginia. I did that for a few years and just grew to love the organization so much and the founder, Julie Fry, that I wanted to participate on a larger scale. So I've since handed off chapter leadership of my local tribe to two amazing women here in the Hampton Roads region. Uh, And now I help Julie out on a national level, working with each of the chapter leaders in the different cities across the country that uh, Business Among Moms is represented, just making sure that they have access to all the resources and support and guidance and insight that they need to successfully grow their own local tribes of working women. So it's a lot of fun to see how the chapters come to life and uh, vary across state lines, um, but still have that same alignment and mission that Business Among Moms holds so fiercely to. Awesome. I love that. So this was the how many summit for you that you've been to then? I have been to three summits. I've spoken at two. Um, I've helped out and volunteered at all of them, um, and all three have been amazing. And what do you think was your biggest takeaway from the BAM Summit this time around? I am just always so refreshed and recharged. There is something about removing yourself from your day-to-day environment and just immersing yourself amongst like-minded women that just get it. They get what you're going through personally and professionally as a business owner, as a mom. Uh, So I just feel at home in that community. I'm always amazed by the different speakers that are there and the actionable content that uh, Julie gathers up. Um, So I just felt that she has built something so special and so powerful. I think the biggest takeaway for me this year is she did this implementation day where we got to work the day after the conference and really apply some of the things that we had learned versus just kind of going home overwhelmed with everything we needed to digest and immediately implement. Uh, And this year we fiercely like set aside time where it was like, all right, we're going to sit down. We're going to think about what we learned. We're going to make out a plan. We're going to talk to the people we need to talk to. And that had a huge impact on everyone that attended. And I loved it because it allowed me to get my ducks in a row, at least in my head before I hopped back on the plane to, to hit the East coast and get back to everyday life. Yeah. The implementation day was so great just to have that extra time to let it all settle and kind of distill in your mind about, okay, what's, how do I turn this into a plan for myself? And like you say, to be able to tap into the experts who were there to be like, okay, I need to follow up with you about what you said. I need to ask you some more questions. Absolutely. And I know there was a lot of business that was done too. You know, when you're sitting down and talking to people about what you're trying to accomplish, you know, organic business happens when you learn about people's strengths and their expertise. And I think some relationships and opportunities were created there that uh, otherwise might've gone overlooked. Yeah. I think from now on for me in my own business, anytime I attend a conference, if there's not an implementation day attached to it, I'm going to put my own in my calendar. I agree. It makes such a huge difference. I feel like when you go to a conference, you go to session after session after session, and you're like furiously taking notes. Your hand is cramped. You've got all these things. There's anxiety. <laughs> like, I'm doing all the things wrong, and I need to go home and do these 15 new things, knowing that you're probably coming home to relative chaos, people who have missed you, back to your everyday you know, workload, things that have been left behind while you were at conference. And there's just this massive stress and overwhelm of everything that you want to do and need to do, but can't do. And just those few hours made such a difference to be able to sit down and go, okay, here are the things I learned. Here are the things that I can realistically start doing today. And let me map out a plan for some of the other things. I think it just gave a lot of peace of mind uh, and also just an overwhelming feeling of, okay, I, I did something. I accomplished something. This was very worthy spending of my time. So what are you taking from it that you're going to be implementing in your business? Oh, that is a great question. I had a blast sitting down. I kind of nerded out uh, with one of the other speakers. I spoke about productivity, uh, which is my jam, uh, you know, getting everything done. 
and more importantly, prioritizing what should be done, not about maximizing every possible second of every day, but really doing what is yours to own and letting go of everything else. Um, and her kind of sister session to that was here are the tools and tech that you can automate processes. So I was able to just sit down with her, which I wouldn't have been able to do under any other circumstance because we were both speaking at the event and going to sessions and just in the busy of that. Uh, but we just had a total. And that sounds like just for our listeners, that sounds like Sarah Kepler. It is. It is Sarah Kapler. And she is uh, my spirit animal when it comes to nerdy technology and all the fun little ins and outs of the tools that are out there. <laughs> so we literally just sat down and she's like, have you heard about this? What about this? Well, you know, you could link these two. And oh, I have these awesome little white cards that I do this with my phone. And I was just able to sit down and think about, I think sometimes people get overwhelmed by technology. There are new apps and new tools coming out literally every second. And we look at them and go, oh, those are neat, but it's hard to think about where we might apply them or what, what ones rise kind of the cream of the crop. And she just had this like hot list that we were able to play with. I love living in the Trello world. And so we worked on some integrations and some neat stuff um, in between her and Nikki Rausch and Julie Fry. They all were like pushing me to, to map out this little mini business that I was like, this is a thing. People will pay for this. And they're like, no, you need to do this. So, <laughs> I got my own personal little shove of like, no, you're doing this <laughs> that I very much needed. <laughs> awesome. Wait, so there's a new little business that got born? It's, it's on its way to being birthed, I guess. I'm still kind of in this place of like, okay, I guess people want to pay me for this thing. Um, but just really applying my consultative energy of what are their processes? What are they trying to put in place? Uh, and what are their daily workflows that can be transferred into Trello? Um, I don't know if you've used Trello, but it's kind of like a blank slate. Tell our listeners what it is, just in a nutshell. So it's designed for process management. It's kind of like a fancy version of a post-it note list on your computer. Uh, but the scary thing about Trello is that it's so flexible that you literally sign in and it's just a blank, it's a blank board. And so most people don't know where to begin because when there's no kind of indicators of how to start, they just can't dream it up. Yeah. I'm super visual that way. And I guess that's my superpower that I didn't know about. And I've helped people out in the past just because it was a thing. Um, and it was really Sarah and Julia and Nikki that were like, no, this is something that people should probably be paying you for. Um, and it's funny. I'm an entrepreneur. I, I work in business scaling and growth and I consult with on massive companies, but for my own stuff, I was like, really, that's really a thing for me. So I guess it, I guess a business is being born out of it. So I love it. for all those people out there that want to figure out how to use Trello, but are terrified of it, I, I guess I'm your gal. <laughs> <laughs> with thanks to my, my business family at, at BAM at Business Among Moms, you know, and I think that really speaks to the vibe with the community that they, these women are in it. They believe in collective success. They will push you and hold you accountable. It's not a me, 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 grabby um, self promo community. Uh, it's one of the things I love best. We go to learn and grow together. And, and some of the best things that have happened in my life, both personally and professionally have come as a result of women standing by me and encouraging me and challenging me in an environment where they believe that everyone deserves to win. Yeah, I love that. And I also love that in that environment, you get to sit down sort of with by happenstance with two super smart women who can see what your talents are. And together, they're able to see a vision for you that you might not have been able to see all by yourself. Absolutely. And that takes a place where people are willing to establish safety and respect and grace and honor and vulnerability. And you don't find that in a lot of communities, particularly among women. I know I've struggled to find that from time to time. So to know that I have a home amongst women that are willing to be vulnerable in that way and are willing to go the extra distance uh, in service to the community, it, I think it really speaks to the unique, you know, beautiful thing that Julia's created. This is also exciting for you. So what's one thing that we're going to be celebrating you for a year from now? <laughs> oh, Lord. Please, baby, Jesus, let it be that I am out of debt and you will know because I will be celebrating it. <laughs> it will be a long, glorious climb out of a deep, dark hole, but I'm claiming it and let's, let's meet a year from now and, and celebrate that I have achieved this goal. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yes. We've had a lot of transitions personally and professionally with my family and my job and business failures and I, I'm a whole muck of ups and downs and valleys and peaks and uh yeah, but 
things are really uh, on the up and up. And uh, a lot of that is due to my family of supporters and the tribe at BAM. And uh, yeah, let's claim that. We will celebrate that next year. And thank you so much for just claiming that because I think there are a lot of people out there who are in debt and they're either embarrassed or ashamed by it. And it's just this heavy emotional load. Yes. I'm just grateful for you for naming like, hey, I've got debt and I'm working my way out in a year I'm going to be done. It's a hot mess. That's it. Yes. And that, you got to get real with it. Um, There is no shame in stumbling. And I think that there's not a successful person out there that hasn't had a season where they went, ooh, things are not going the way I thought they would go. And I'm going to have to start over. And, you know, everybody's taking steps back, but we don't always talk about them. And I think that that's something that's really refreshing and really restorative. Um, yeah, I am certainly not the only person who has ever fallen into the pit of despair when it comes to that. I certainly won't be the last and I, I'm definitely an open book and, and plan to fully climb my way back out of that hole and get back to, to doing what I do best. Awesome. This has been such a treat to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the She Thinks Big podcast. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Michelle Cooper owns Alchemy Accounting. Alchemy Accounting uses the Profit First method of cash management, and if you haven't read Profit First yet, it's worth getting your hands on a copy. Her team is trained and certified by Profit First professionals to guide business owners and entrepreneurs in maximizing their profits through excellent bookkeeping and accounting. Here's Michelle Cooper. Michelle, welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell me, what did you enjoy most about the BAM Summit? Well, I loved, so, so loved getting to talk to so many women in business, so many um, moms who are creating their impact in the world while balancing uh, the, the responsibilities of parenthood. Yeah. It's really amazing, isn't it? What they're creating while also managing a whole household. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, I'm a firm believer that responsibilities land on the mother and the father, but I think mothers have a, a slightly different level of expectation of themselves mm-hmm. and that can set them up for uh, more challenging success. Yeah. Yeah. I do see the same as well, right? Like it's nice to have split parenting, whatever way that looks like. Yeah. And I think expectation comes in there, right? Like the uh, moms tend to um, have this expectation that they can do all the things all the time for everyone. And, and so that expectation um, sometimes isn't met and they're so hard on themselves. Yeah. Yes. And I see a lot of women having a difficult time asking for help. Yeah. Asking for help and feeling guilty that they need it. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) I should be able to do it all. Totally. Right. Like I should know this. Why don't I know this? Yes. And I, meanwhile, while I, you know, I'm running my business, I should be able to get the grocery shopping done, come home, make dinner for everybody, do all the laundry, get the kids to bed and be able to take care of myself and go run five days a week. Like, right. (laughs) What? No, right? it's true. It's true. That is not <laughs> in no reality is that possible. Right. Totally. Totally. So, what were some key nuggets that you got? Well, I think uh, it was it was really great uh, to see so many women who um, acknowledged and recognized that they need to make money. Mm. Um, often, that is uh, it, there's a there's a barrier there for a lot of women especially moms in business where, you know, they're doing something where they want to, they want to help people. And so they have that barrier to making a profit that um, can like really significantly affect the business. And I loved um, seeing that when I, when I talked about profit, they were like, yeah, I need to do this. You know, it, it has to, I have to do this. It's part of the process. Um, so there was kind of no need to convince people that, you know, you should, you should have a profit. You should be paying yourself. That's why we're in business. That was a great, um, kind of like key, uh, takeaway for me, um, as a presenter. And I think as an attendee there, uh, it was just, um, it was so good to see, um, collaboration happen you know, people making connections and uh, getting support and asking questions and those questions being received really well and supportively, right? Like ask a specific question, get a specific answer. Too often, 
I find uh, it being a competitive environment instead of a collaborative environment. And in collaboration, it just makes it so much easier for everyone to get what they want, right? It's not a zero-sum game. Totally, totally, yeah. And in the piece about when you were presenting, um, and it seemed like women were ready that they wanted to make profit or that they recognized that profit was a necessary thing, was your surprise that they were all about that and they no longer needed convincing and like that that is a shift from from previous times? Yeah, it really, um, the thing that was different was that it, at least for the people in the room, they understood that this was an important part of their business and they needed to make a change. Too often I see business owners who aren't, um, they, they understand that they need to make a profit, but they, they're just caught up in the story and they're not willing to actually um, look at it and make a change. And also I think one of the reasons that people could see that was the way that Julie had laid out the speaking in that they were, they were given some, uh, uh, some guidance on profit and they were given some guidance on uh, like KPIs and, and measuring. And then at the end, I came in and talked to them about like the reality of your numbers and how they're nothing to be scared of, but we do need to have accurate detailed financial information. And there's a few key things that you need to have in place. So the way the presentations were laid out really set them, the attendees up for success as well, right? Yeah. And I look forward to seeing the changes that a lot of those women make with, you know, let's get some clear numbers so that we have a deep understanding of what's happening in the business, what drives revenue, you know, so that we can leverage what's most important. And then we can also track and make sure that we're getting the profit that we want out of our businesses. Yeah, because you know, ultimately we're in business to, um, like the bottom line is you need to make money, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be paid for what you're, the service you're providing to people. And even if you're a mission-driven entrepreneur who's focused on the impact you're creating, well, your impact in the world is more than um, what your business does. It's you having the money to buy the food that you want to eat, um, to shop in the way you want to shop, right? If, if organic food is important to you because that's part of your impact, you need money for that. And there's no apologizing for that. It just is a fact, right? Yeah. And the more money that you make with your mission-driven business, the more of an impact you can have. Oh, totally. Right. And if your mission driven business bumps along and eventually shutters its doors, not making any impact. then it makes zero impact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually the opposite, right? Like uh, people need to flip the script in their head about making profit, making money that like the more you make, the bigger impact you have and the better that is yeah. for everybody. Yeah. And like you look at, um, you know, like churches or, or people who do um, philanthropy work, um, like somebody like Mother Teresa, well, there's a whole money-making machine behind these people uh, because it's not free for somebody to travel around the world and do good, right? And and it's not good or bad. Like, there's no judgment on that. It just is. It costs money to do the work that you need to do to create the impact. And often when people say to me, oh, yeah, but, you know, I just want to help people. I get it. I totally get it. But even uh, Mother Teresa want, wanted to help people. And that takes money. Without apology. Unapologetic. Right? Without justification. Yeah, no justification, right? So what will you do in your business with the nuggets that you take away? Well, I think, um, you know, I support a lot of mission-driven entrepreneurs. I, I support a lot of um, online-based businesses that are creating impact around the world. And for me, it just, it, it confirms what I stand for, right? That we need to have profit built into the financial foundation of our business. It doesn't have to be hard. It's actually quite simple. Um, you don't have to be an accountant or a mathematician to have a good profit framework in your business. And um, especially that it's not, it's not all about uh, driving revenue forward. So, uh, you know, revenue can stress the business. So, it really is, um, for me, a, a validation 
of the work that I'm doing and the message that I'm putting out there. And it helps me be more confident and wanting to spread the ministry of profit (laughs) (laughs) and, and make sure that, uh, that everybody hears it. So, you know, it's inspired me to do more podcasts. It's inspired me to write more newsletters, more blog posts, do more interviews, uh, to be more of an, uh, more vocal. I'm pretty vocal advocate of that, but even to be more of that. Excellent. So if you could create anything in your business, if anything were possible, what would you create? I'd love to have Uh, work with clients who are achieving a 20% profit in the world that they want to um, move 10% of that into their, their feel good project, Mm -hmm. whether that's water or food or environment or whatever. Um, That's ultimately my goal uh, to have people making 20% profit and, and that's not what they're getting paid, right? They're already getting paid to do their business and they're making 20% profit. Ultimately, if I could create anything, I would have a list of clients who are doing that. Oh my God. That would be amazing. Yeah, because we live in a world that um, we don't have to have high overhead anymore. The, the way we do business is changing. And that was one of the realizations for me in my kind of um, spiritual search. Um, I kept coming up with this uh, message that, you know, I want to change how we do business and how we do business is changing. And so the, the percentages, um, they can all kind of shift because it's not about, not necessarily about big overhead anymore. People do business, especially moms do business out of their homes. They, you know, they might need very little in tools to actually do their work. And so they can be paid they can be paid 50% of their revenue. They could, their profit could be 20%, 5% maybe goes to tax. And like it, you know, it leaves a big chunk for profit. And if I can get people to 20% profit with their, their um, ability to give 10% of that away because they're getting a good wage out of their business, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. And Explain 5% for tax because I think some people are going to go, wait, what? what? 5% for tax? <laughs> so how did you get that number? Yeah, I just, I just pulled rough percentages, right? Like every, everybody's um, percentages are really based off of their personal situation, right? So always really uh, good if you're going to, I'm a profit first professional, so I advocate for the profit first framework in your business. Mm-hmm. And within that, we would need to, in order to allocate correctly, we would need to look at your personal situation and see what actually your tax would be. What is the legal structure of your business? What, what are the average tax, rate, tax rates for your state? Um, that kind of thing. But the initial uh, formula that we go by is 50% owner's draw, mm-hmm. 30% operating expenses, 15% tax, and 5% profit, right? Yes. So you want to kind of shift those a little shift bit mm-hmm. um, because hopefully um, operating expenses could be cut down and um, more money moved into tax. And, and it'd be great if we could make uh, people's business the most tax efficient vehicle possible. I love that. That is a great vision. Yeah. Imagine how different the world would be. Right. If we passed our money around that way. It could be so different. Right. And, and, you know, along with that is like, I'm a firm believer energetically that, that when you give your money away, it comes back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. So you pass it out and it comes back. Absolutely. I love your vision. How can we support you? Well, I would love to have more of those clients that want to do that work. Right. Um, or, or just engage in conversation about it uh, to start to shift our beliefs around our business and around money and around um, being unapologetic about that. Um, about having money in our business, about being paid, uh, charging, you know, there's so many things that come into that, right? Charging the appropriate price for your service, um, not undervaluing what you do and the impact you're creating for your client. Um, These are all really great conversations. And uh, if somebody wants to chat to me some more about that, I would love to work with them. Because ultimately, uh, you know, my vision for my business 
is to support uh, this community of usually online businesses that are mostly mission driven, um, if not all mission driven, uh, because those people are not normally supported well by traditional accountants. We see that, you know, we're, you know, a traditional accountant doesn't understand the online world's business. Um, they don't understand the mission driven aspect of it. And, uh, and so that's, that's the niche that we serve. And, and I'd love to have more of those people. I know for sure that in the listening audience, there are people for whom that will resonate. Yeah, because we can support them and then we create an even bigger impact in the world through that work. This has been so great. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on the She Thinks Big podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love that it's called the She Thinks Big podcast. Next up is Karen Nelson. Karen helps website owners use Facebook ads and Pinterest ads to drive traffic to their products. Here's Karen. Karen, welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast. Hi, Geraldine. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us, what did you enjoy most about the BAM Summit? I loved meeting these people that I knew in an online space in person and talking with them face-to-face for the first time. There were several people from both the BAM group and the BizChicks group that I hadn't met, and I got to see them face-to-face, like you. It was exciting to see people one-on-one in person. Yeah, it's fun to finally see people in the flesh when you've been following them online, right? Exactly. It's a different thing. And I'm always, I shouldn't be, but I'm always surprised how different people are when I meet them in person then because I think I know them really well online and I meet the person and there's this whole new dimension that just didn't translate online. <laughs> like, oh, you're real. You're so much more three-dimensional. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, what else was unexpected? I think that the other thing that was unexpected for me personally was realizing how many women there are out there in the world who are a lot more like me than I realized in terms of running businesses, trying to start a business, trying to get clients and trying to connect. You know, since I'm working from home and my whole business has been launched from home, I start to feel a little bit like a lone ranger. And being in that community, I knew it would be impactful because I've been to conferences before, but I didn't expect how impactful it would be to be with that big group of people who were like me and in the same place as me. Not exactly, but you know, similar. Yeah, there are, right? There are a lot of us who run independent businesses, either from home or from a co-working space, who are, you know, trying to figure out all the things, all the pieces to get it up and running. Yeah. We're definitely not alone. And it feels like it sometimes on the days, you know, when I don't have calls or when I don't go meet in Facebook groups, it can feel lonely. And being in person with those people, like we talked about before, that in-person element made it different and really helped me feel much less alone in the work I'm doing. (laughs) So for you in your business, what do you think was the most valuable thing that you came away with? I sort of went into the conference with budgeting money and business operations as a goal of mine to sort of wrap my head around how I'm dealing with money in my business. And, you know, whenever you go into something with a goal like that, it generally gets met in some form or another. And it happened totally for me. I did connect with people, but there were a lot of people who were able to give me different insights into how I'm managing my money, how I'm thinking about my money, how, whether I'm not on on top of my bookkeeping, all of those things, just again and again, it would keep coming up. And I have a much clearer idea on the direction I need to go. And that, that was, I think, one of the biggest takeaways for me is ideas about how to deal with money in my business. So give us something specific so we have more of a feel about what you're talking about. Actually, one of the key things that was sort of mind-blowing for me from your talk is I run Facebook ads for my business. And when we're looking at Facebook ads, it's a lot about looking at metrics. And there are key metrics we can look at that will adjust our cost and we can raise or lower the costs of our ad spend and our profit by toggling different levels, different levers within the Facebook ad. And in your talk, you basically said that my business works the exact same way, which is sort of an easy thing that shouldn't have been a mind-blowing epiphany, but I had never had somebody compare the budget of my business to the same way Facebook ads run. It's the same thing. Pick the right lever to move and you will see the most profit. I can take that. I can apply that. Easy. Boom. Done. (laughs) Awesome. Right. So you already knew the concept 
for your own business, but hadn't thought to apply it at a bigger scale. I do it for my clients all day long. Why wasn't I doing it in my own business? Oh, I love that. I hadn't made that connection. Yeah. So what are, so what will you do with that in practical terms? Well, I think I have started, you know, I was always tracking my numbers to a degree more so than some people I know, not as much as others, but I'm, I'm looking at my specific numbers, including my KPIs, like your talk a little more closely and actually measuring where the profit is coming in, how much of a profit it is, and then directing energy and activity to the biggest lever, you know, adjusting the lever that is going to bring me the clients and the conversions that I need in terms of my business, not just in terms of a Facebook ad. We track conversions in Facebook ads all the time. Now I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have enough conversions because my client base is small to track them, but I am looking more closely at the sources and which lever is going to make that difference in terms of where the clients come and when they convert. Yeah, that will make a big, that will, it'll make a big difference. It'll make your life easier. Yeah, already. I mean, you know, and it's, it's a thing I'd heard before. I, I totally, they told me how much you charge per client, count the clients and get a total number. That's your income. Those are your goals. And I've done that. But I used to teach, and when we teach kids, they're able to do things in the beginning that doesn't mean they always understand it. Like they can add, but they don't understand addition. I was coming up with numbers for my business, but I wasn't internalizing or really understanding them. And now they're kind of deeper in me, and I can spew them out on a call like this because they're more internalized, and I know why people are giving that kind of advice, and I'm seeing the impact it can have. Yeah, totally. It's one thing to know something in your mind and it's one thing to know something in the cells of your being. Exactly. And that's the difference. It's 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 gone much deeper so that it's a uh, it's internalized. Yes, I love that. Nice. What a great takeaway. It's it was pretty amazing that because I was listening to a podcast that was reminding me about the levers in Facebook ads and then I showed up to your workshop and you're talking about the levers in the business almost in exactly the <laughs> like really. Wow. <laughs> This is the message I was supposed to get, I guess. <laughs> the universe is showing up for you. I think so. <laughs> awesome. Um, if anything were possible for you in your business, what would you create? Oh, that's a hard question. I think I want to create the bandwidth in my business to do just the work that I love, that lights me up, that gets me excited, and have margin for family, leisure, connection, and the things outside of my business that are important to me. And so if I could use that knowledge about where the money's coming from and how it plays in to adjust my business so that I can do the part that I love, be making enough profit so I can do what I love, outsource the other stuff, and then still have margin in my personal life, I will be thrilled. Because mm. what would that mean for you in your life? I think, well, my whole goal with my business is, and I think it's true with many of us who are moms, I went into business because I wanted to be able to both provide for my family and be present for my children while they were still at home. And I I am meeting that goal. I'm I'm here on my same couch when they get home from school and I can interact with them. But sometimes my mind isn't as present as I want it to be because I'm still thinking about the ad campaign that's not running or that is running or different things. And if I can create more space in my head and in my day to be present for my family, then I'm meeting my goal. That's that's why I started this in connection with, with wanting to help people. Yeah. How nice would it be to be 100% present for the one thing while you're doing it? Mm-hmm. And then when you're done, you're done. And you're 100% present for the other thing. Exactly. That is a beautiful goal. It's a goal. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what a treat to reconnect with you. It's so nice to see you. Thank you so much for coming on the She Thinks Big podcast. I am really excited to, to see you on this podcast too and listen to you talk and, and connect. It's been great. Did you know that 99% of buying decisions are made in the subconscious brain? Melina Palmer is the founder of Brainy Business. She helps companies of all sizes to incorporate behavioral economics into their businesses to make them more, quote-unquote, brain-friendly, to increase conversions and ROI. Here's our last guest today, Melina Palmer. Hi, Melina. Welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you, and secretly we've been talking for like 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to know, what did you enjoy most about the BAM Summit? I love 
all the women that are there. Uh, it's such a great group of um, entrepreneurs and just everything that everybody's doing. It's so fun to catch up with people. I know a lot of uh, people there from previous years and from other networking events and just seeing what people are up to, learning from others. Julie brings in a really great and diverse group of individuals working on different but similar items. So it's always a lot of fun to connect with everybody. What were some key nuggets for you? I actually really loved one of the things that you said on the panel that we did. Um, the the note about, and I've actually mentioned this in a couple of other speaking engagements and with clients since, which was that understanding when you're thinking about the revenue or what you're wanting to make in your business, I think people are so common to say they want to make $100,000 or whatnot, but that understanding of is that gross, is that net, is that take-home pay, and the difference between them and just something so, so simple and just the incredible shift it has in the way that you have to structure your business. It's hugely different to make a hundred thousand gross than it is in a hundred thousand take home pay, especially for people that have product businesses for, for all these different things. So that was a nugget that it's something I know, but for whatever reason, it really resonated with me um, when we were talking about that and when you brought that up on the panel. So that was a big a key takeaway for me. Awesome. Yeah. That does get really squishy in there, right? What people say they want to make. It's like, right. <laughs> it's like this nebulous sort of, sort of like the weatherman on old school television when he would just sort of say, there's some rain showers expected over here. And he kind of do put, make his hand in go the- in a big circle. <laughs> I want to make a hundred K and make his hand go in a big circle, like more or less don't really know, but close enough. Yeah. It's where you're almost sort of in that ostrich space of, I'm, I'm going to throw the noodles on the wall and like, whichever one I'll, I'll take them all. Right. I want a hundred thousand. It'd be great if it was take home pay, but at the very least I'm going to gross that. Right. The spaghetti at the wall methodology of goal setting. Um, yeah. Whichever one wants to stick is the goal that I will take. Yes. What a, what a great <laughs> noodle. I love that one. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's just amazing to think of how different the plan becomes and how, how much when you don't plan for those things, you would just be setting yourself up for disappointment and failure, even if you're planning. You know, you're doing everything else right, but that one thing is just sort of the snowball or the straw that can break um, an entire business if you don't plan for that properly. Yes, totally. And so that equation that Melina is referencing and that has that you've already alluded to further back was that your revenue is, and I'm, I'll do it just kind of sort of fast-ish here, but you can get it in the show notes, is the, t- the size of your audience times your conversion rate, and that's the number of customers you have, times the number of times they pay you and the average payment is your revenue. Super simple, right? (laughs) If you have those numbers, it's super simple. Well, yeah. I mean, there's that. Then then there's the tracking. Then there's actually getting those numbers. Necessary. Necessary evil. Why why is it evil? Why do the numbers? (laughs) It's not. It's exciting. I think it's fun, actually. take the evil and the burden off of this and be like, these numbers are awesome because they tell me the things I need to know. And that makes my life and my business easier when I know them. Absolutely. And things that you can quickly shift if you realize that they're not going to make you enough money. So if you sit and think about how much you need it to do on a certain task and say, this will never make me enough. I used to do book editing. It was a previous version of my work. And at one point I just, you know, I didn't feel good about charging exorbitant rates for editing and feel like it will be $5,000 for me to edit your book or whatever. It just feels, I didn't like that. And there's just no amount that I could charge that would make that reasonable for what I was looking to make as an income. And so I had to phase it out, even if it was something, you know, it just, it wasn't something I loved and and whatnot, but I did this, a version of this, um, you know, a couple of years ago. Okay. So let's go back to how we got here, which is the gross versus net income versus take-home pay. So how does that shift things for you in your business? I think I've been um, operating off of a gross assumption and in fairness, I don't have a lot of expenses and the expenses that I do have are often covered by if a client's flying me out for work or a conference is flying me out to speak, 
the, the expenses are, are handled there. But as I'm doing more marketing and things like that and buying ads and, and whatnot, there are expenses that are building up. So as I'm having to shift my mindset a little bit, and actually, I think this resonated with me because I had just been working with my husband on the take-home pay piece. We, we had just started that. And the urgency that comes with, um, so we had recently split to where I now have a, a separate business account and everything goes through there and then making it so we're actually taking money and transferring it out every month. And it's a set amount. And if there was more, great. But, you know, we've set the minimum that we want. And really being cognizant of the take-home piece and the contribution that that's making to the household versus this sort of nebulous of, of money, I, I, I can't appreciate. I'm in a fortunate situation that we're able to have it separate and that it wasn't for a while having to be a really significant portion of our household, but now separating it out, it's helping it to be more visible and to really focus on taking money out and paying myself and not just saying, well, the business makes money, which means I make money and that's where my value comes from. But having them be two separate things is, is good. And it, it shifts how you view your business and how you view yourself mm-hmm. when your business is like this separate thing and it actually pays you. Right. And it's not like this whole commingled thing and it's not really murky how much money it brings into your family. It's like, oh no, my business is a solid viable thing and it makes a contribution to our family. Right. Absolutely. And that's with starting it off, you know, it was, I'm leaving a corporate job. I am a salaried employee. And so there's a number that I want to hit. And I also, as I was doing my master's program, it was, I wanted to just make a certain amount to pay for school. And so it was kind of this constant flow. It was all in one account and messy, but um, now being much more established in this is my business. This is what I'm making. I have more, I feel like I have more authority sounds like the wrong word, but confidence or comfort in making decisions if I want to pay for something because I know what I actually have and what's coming out when. So just knowing some of those things is empowering in a lot of ways. So if you could do anything with the brainy business, what would you create? I have been working toward, I really want my name, the company name to be synonymous with behavioral economics is a big goal. It's a big goal. (laughs) And I have been sort of saying this as what Susie Orman did for personal finance is what I would like to do for behavioral economics. And whether that means there's a TV series to lots of public speaking to, you know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm open and excited about all of what it can be. It's such a useful and important field. And I think everybody needs to know about it. And so whatever platform or medium is required to help people to understand it and get more people to know how valuable it is, I'm game for it. That is awesome. So you're like lifting the curtain on behavioral economics, this black box of things that is like saved for academia that most of us know very little, if anything, about. Right. And the funny thing is, as I've been working with more and more academics and talking with them, it's not that they don't want people to know. It's not, they just have a difficult time translating from academia ease mm-hmm. into the bite-sized nuggets. And for whatever reason, that's my superpower of being able to communicate that in a way that people can understand and use. And I love doing it. So making it fun and interesting and it starts with the podcast and we've got, you know, books and courses and all that stuff coming, but just making it accessible. That's my goal and applicable for sure. Yeah. And it, your story of the chocolate chip cookie and the smell of chocolate chip cookies wafting out onto the sidewalk has totally stuck with me. Oh, good. (laughs) So we'll have to have you back on so you can explain that whole thing. Oh, that sounds great. I would love to. Anytime. So if you could ask our audience for one thing, what would that be? My big ask would be, I just found out, we were talking about this in the 10 minutes earlier uh, before we started recording, uh, that I'm going to be starting as a columnist with Inc.com, which I'm super excited (laughs) about. And hopefully there will be a few articles already by the time this episode goes live. 
And my big ask would be to come find me and the column on ink.com and read and share and spread the word to help keep that column going and alive. Awesome. I love it. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank you. I'm very excited. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Melina, for coming on the She Thinks Big podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And now for my takeaway from a combination of Biz Chicks Live and Business Among Moms. I went to Biz Chicks Live last fall with my then six-month-old baby boy. I was super lucky to have with me an old friend and childhood babysitter who was able to take care of my little guy while I was attending the conference. But what it meant was scurrying back to the hotel room to nurse in between sessions. And what happened was that I attended all the sessions and all the talks, and that was great, but I totally missed out on all the connections that were being made during breaks, during meals, and during cocktail hour. And I got home and I did this episode on seven takeaways from Biz Chicks Live, and everybody talked about how valuable it was to have time one-on-one making connections with people. And I thought, oh my God, I totally missed that piece. And what also happened was that there was an all-access pass where the talks were being recorded. So I decided that the next year that I came, or would come, which is now in 2019 when I go, that I would watch all the talks on video, run back to the hotel room to nurse when the talks were happening, and take advantage of the time to connect one-on-one with people. And I got to put that into action at Business Among Moms. So I actually did things in reverse. Anytime there was anything social going on, I was the first to show up and take advantage of the precious one-on-one time that was available, which is tough for me to get at home. So I was the first one to show up at all the social everything. And then as soon as a talk started, I would scurry back to the room, nurse my little guy, and then come back and catch the end of the talk. And because I have an all-access ticket, I'll catch the full length and all the recordings of everything in the comfort of my own home. What changed for me by reversing it in this way is countless, genuine, authentic, fun, and valuable connections. Because of the time that I spent connecting with amazing women, I'm not noticing just an uptick, but rather like almost an explosion of activity in my business. So thank you to all of my guests, Kate All, Katie Blevins-Calabrese, Michelle Cooper, Karen Nelson, and Melina Palmer. I really appreciate you coming on the She Thinks Big podcast to share your main takeaways. If you want to know more about the BAM Success Summit, which takes place next year, May 14th to 16th in Seattle, you can head on over to my website. I'll include a link in the show notes, or you can also just Google Business Among Moms. Registration and tickets reopens in December. Ladies, I would love to hear from you. Come share in the She Thinks Big Facebook group. Go to Facebook and search She Thinks Big and I will let you in. And seriously, know that I would love to hear from you because all I hear on this side of the mic is crickets and my meowing cats. If you like this episode, please subscribe. That way you get more great content. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, ladies, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Registration is open now, but it won't be for long. Go to GeraldineCarter.com now to enroll today.